0: One, two, you hear the
2: clock ticking? Tick, tick. you about to stop living. Tick, time. I want you to remember me. Tick, time. But the day don't have no memory. I'm coming. Ain't nobody to stop me. Ain't nobody
3: to hold me. Ain't nobody to control me. I'm coming. I'm here to do my thing. I'm here to bring the pain. I'm never, ever to change. Like try the camera. I got the juice.
2: for of the least, Let the dog
3: loose. Mm. Yo, 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 welcome to Reasonable Wrestling. It is I, the Most High, and I am here with my tag team partner, C.T. Chitty Bang. What's up? We are here on a late Sunday night, but here nonetheless, recording a very special character spotlight. As we promised. As we promised. Black History Month. Our character spotlight is on Montel, Vontavious Porter, MVP. Some may know him as Hassan. Some, some, may, some may, know may know him as, as, you know. Antonio Banks. I mean, some may know him as Alvin. But. To most. Us fans, we know him as MVP. And um, as as um, as we kind of got the... As I got to work with him at MLW as a PA, um, very, got me to think, you know, MVP is very underrated. Absolutely. You know what Uh I mean? Like, very underrated. And I got to say, like, even, like, before I did
2: the research on him, even for me, I underrated him. And going back and looking at his career, I really appreciate him even more now uh, because, as we're going to go through there's a lot of moments he had and there's a lot of um and as a black wrestler and as a black wrestling fan you want to see representation and you want to see somebody who um is familiar with what you know like you know familiar with somebody who you can gravitate towards and
3: MVP was that MVP so, definitely was that so uh i mean 2000 what? Five maybe two thousand six. He, th- he 2000- debuted
2: in two thousand and five, I believe. So well, like but before that, he was the, he yeah, he was in the Indies, and you know, well, the, do you want to talk about his? I his do, past? but I was
3: just about to say when you're talking about representation in mm-hmm. the landscape of what we're and who when he came to the mainstream mm-hmm. in two thousand five as a black wrestler portraying the character that he did, we identify with that absolutely. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like that was a, a character that we can easily gravitate and attach to. It's
2: recognizable. It's familiar. It's somebody who, because um, as as you know, as representation on TV for black characters, there's not that many diverse black characters. Exactly. So, for, of the uh, tropes and things that are seen in multi and in, in mainstream, to pull from a character to to translate on a wrestling screen. He chose a a character that can translate for a general audience, a arrogant, you know, cocky, um, self absorbed player. You know, uh, whether it be a football player, basketball player. He got inspiration from, you know, Terrell Owens, I see, you know, and all that. So it's something that we see, and we're like, like I remember you saying, like we see somebody as. Yo, we see him as a face. We see him as a face, you yo. know,
3: in the black community. It's like, oh, okay. Yo, by you him know, talk your shit. You by know? him getting inspiration from To, like just thinking. We was just talking, like to kind of like round shit up. We was just talking off camera about two K uh, NFL two um, K uh, five mm-hmm. and how Terrell Owens. That was that was the year he was ostracized and scrutinized mm-hmm. and like. Uh, uh, villainized, and we were yeah, like. What? It was like, talks about like, his for, attitude for what, like, yeah. And MVP coming off in a character, perfect time, perfect timing, yeah, perfect timing, and he was able to like really generate some some legitimate steam that he carried on that character for about fifteen years now. Yeah,
2: yeah.
3: Um, but yeah, as we are, we're going to get started into this character spotlight, and we're going to do a deep dive into the career of MVP. Um, going all the way back, start you know touching on some things in the n- indies. Obviously, his run in WWE, being influential globally in uh, Ooh, New Japan, Japan uh, and then coming back on United States TV, rounding up on uh, TNA. Uh, and TNA Impact. Uh, like I said, it was an MLW. Um, so, career is a very lengthy career, man. Uh, so we're going we're talking to talking like we're talking. 14 years plus
2: now, going on 14 years. So, he's well worthy of a character spotlight, well worthy of his spot in the up in the echelons of black wrestling history. Of course. So, he's a perfect guy to choose to do our first uh, character spotlight for the month of February. You know, if we end up doing another one, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you
2: know, we'll see. But um, but uh, he, uh, yeah, for him, we definitely had to shout out to OG MVP. I remember meeting him in ML, at MOW briefly. We smoked with him real quick, and he's a, he was a pleasure. Super guy. player, super, super player. But let's get right into it. Let's talk about um, his debut. But before his debut, he he did work in the Indies. 2002. Okay. He 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 beat the pep, he you know he's he's an indie wrestler. He beat the pavement just like all the other indie guys for about. From 2002 to 2005, you know, so that's like three years of him, you know, riding in the cars, working out of fucking bingo halls and, uh, you know, elementary schools and whatnot. He ended up being an FOW tag team champion. Uh, don't know that personally. <laughs> and he was with a guy named Punisher, who I don't know personally. <laughs> Shout out Punisher if you hear this, if you know who that is. Um, hey, and he was also CCW heavyweight champion. So he obviously showed early on he has potential. Uh, and from there, he did do some stint- TNA and ROH, but eventually, he was noticed, and he got signed to a develop- developmental contract in Deep South Wrestling, where uh, he was Antonio Banks. Uh, and eventually, he crafted this character called MVP, Montel Vontavius Porter. Uh, as I said, he's inspired by Terrell Owens and... He says he was also inspired by um, Cuba Gooding's character in Jerry Maguire, uh, Rod Tidwell. Now, I never watched Jerry Maguire. All I know about Jerry Maguire
3: is, show me the money. That's all I know about Jerry Maguire. That character is kind of like where these athletes get it from. Like That character is where Antonio Brown and Mm T.O. and... I mean, Dion was kind of pro- you know, Dion kind of set the stage, set the mold. Dion uh, kind of was the mold of that character. Yeah, I was okay. say. So yeah, they based it on Deion, Yeah, Deion, let's just put it that yeah, way. Yeah. Dion's the mold. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that movie is very much so um, a staple in um, pop culture history. Uh-huh. Yeah. So um,
2: yeah, so as we know, he worked in deep soft wrestling. You know where he. Uh, Um, started to you know learn the WB system eventually they pulled him up to the main roster and he uh, did some he did some live events some dark matches for
3: WWE which uh, led to a developmental contract Um, yo he was was trained by Norman Smiley oh yeah
2: yeah he was trained by Norman Smiley who's right
3: now training a good friend of mine Matt Riddle so shout out (laughs) to Norman Mr. Wiggles Smiley Still getting it done out here. Still doing it. Still uh, doing it. Norman's, Norman's a bad yo, Norman, you want and, to a professional. Norman. and a professional. Yo, if y'all really think Norman ain't a G, yo, YouTube, Norman Smiley. He got busy, all right? Norman got busy. So shout out. When we talk about black history, Got shout out Norman Smiley. Train MVP. He was hilarious. Um, WCW. So, I mean, goodness gracious, man.
2: <laughs> but yeah, his, his, <laughs> uh,
3: his debut... It was August 4,
2: 2006. Uh, he joined the SmackDown roster, which was stacked with talent. You know, they had Chris Benoit. They had Batista. They had Rey Mysterio. They had so many big-time players. And he had the final lane there, you know. And with this MVP character, mm-hmm. the idea was that he had the biggest contract ever given to any signee. Uh, he had the girls. He had the bling. And they had a conference where he was signed to SmackDown. And Teddy Long gave him that first contract, that big contract that they were talking about. Um, But when you get him on the mic, he delivered. He got heat. When he got on the mic, he talked his shit. People hated him. People hated him so damn much. Uh, He had his first match, uh, I believe, in No Mercy 2006. 2006. Uh, he came out and he, he faced an enhancement talent, you know, because he, he was big enough trying to like tell everybody, hey, I'm going to I'm the best. You know, you guys haven't seen an athlete like me and I'm going to have a great match against um, a really strong opponent. And he gets to New Mercy and it's some scrub. It's some enhancement talent, which he does quick work with. And everybody's everybody's furious. Everybody's just, you know, mad. no one wants to see that. And then he comes back on SmackDown. And he talks his shit again and says, you know, that guy, he's a killer. That guy's a killer. I went out there and beat him just like that. Which he's just getting more and more heat. Now, I think that you guys know his first, um, if you guys are familiar with his first feud, that it's memorable. Is this which with Kane. So after that, getting him introduced to the crowd and seeing the character, we understood what he was. Got him booed, got him, got the heat that on him. Immediately gets into a, a position with Kane, a veteran, and on SmackDown. So right away, he's Yo, he's in a big
3: spot. I mean, he's rubbing at this time. He is, um, he's like you said, he's in a feud with Kane. He's rubbing shoulders with The Undertaker, who's in a feud with Mr. Kennedy at the time. Uh-huh. So now at this point, Mr. Kennedy and Undertaker are in a world championship feud that. With Batista. Batista's Uh champion at the time. Taker's trying to get the title. Uh Mr. Kennedy is trying to get that title slot. Whatever the case may be. MVP comes in right off the gate in a high-profile match or a high-profile storyline with premier talent. He wanted the competition. Tate Long came out there. Said, you want that
2: heat? I'm going to give you heat. gave him Kane. You know, uh... So, yeah, he, he had a huge. Kane actually left Raw. And he, cause he had like a, um, he had a, he had a uh, lose the Raw match, I think it was Umaga. Kane left Raw, came to SmackDown started that feud with MVP. And people remember it. It's something that people actually remember. Because that feud led to the um, Inferno match that we
3: all know where. Yo, Kane, Kane just lit. Put my, yo, <laughs> legit, my nigga, lit his MVP ass, ass was on fire. He lit his ass on fire, fam. That, yo. Okay, so first of all, I've worked with him uh, briefly, mm-hmm. but I know that MVP likes to kind of, um, he's not Randy Savage. He's mm-hmm. not going over the match, you know, extensively. But, mm-hmm. you know, hey, how are we going to do this, Bob? Mm-hmm. It's, it's wrestling, all right? It's, 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 it's the theater. It's the art. Mm-hmm. Man, ain't no way my man got, like, okay, we're going to throw you over the fire, then put you in the fire. <laughs> and my man, like, huh? Yeah. And he does it. So, it's like, immediately he
2: debuts. He's on SmackDown. <laughs> does an enhance metallic, Just scrub, boom. Takes him out. I'm thinking, like, all right, so he's getting started. He ends up, he ends up having a street fight with Kane a at Manchester, fight. which I think is his first showing of actual... A matchability because I went back and watched that tree fight. It was decent. I mean, personally, I thought it was a decent ma- match, and it was in Manchester, so it was a big crowd, big high energy. Um, then he gets put into a Inferno match. So as a, as a talent being in your first year, I'm pretty sure MVP. You know, Hassan didn't think. Okay, I wonder what his his reaction was, Bruh, he was like. A Yo, you gonna fight, be a
3: cage and, match, <laughs> a tag team match against Taker and Kane. And, and an then an inferno, inferno match.
2: match. Like when he said you're going to be in an inferno match and you're going to be lit on fire, like how was it? I wonder what his bruh, reaction I, was. Bro,
3: yo, MVP, if you're listening to this, yo, hit us up, uh, RW Podcast One, uh, retweet this, let us know what the hell you was amount going through your mind when it was like, yo, we want to put you on fire, dog. <laughs> and you're going to be like, okay, and then what? And then I'm like okay, yeah, and then
2: you're gonna warm yeah. the ring. You're, we're not gonna put you
3: out. We're not gonna put you out yet. You're gonna
2: you're gonna have to run around the
3: entire ring. We're uh, on fire. He before got you get to by drag. the announce tables, ran all the way to the ramp before he just like fucking nigga. I'm I'm tired. <laughs> and the, then the <laughs> thing they finally put him like, out. Shh. I'm like yo, ain't no yeah. yo. That warm suit had to be. I mean that uh-huh. cold suit. Whatever yeah. you put on
2: that fire uh, from there. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, you know so.
3: And then he wrestled the whole match yeah, with that. Yeah, he wrestled the whole match with with, with the, the whatever the whatever that he he couldn't have just been on fire. No, no, no. I think that that's I mean, under that, or at least um, the suit was was because you was, know
2: people would you call him a Power Ranger and all that stuff. That's when he was getting he was getting mad heat for being that in that blue gear and it's like a tracksuit slash leotard. So um, a leotard. I'm sure underneath that leotard tracksuit thing. Um, they had some kind of protection. Or that was made of flammable stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of material. Uh, and, but, yeah, but they had to protect his ass. Oh, yeah, mean, yeah. All. I mean,
3: because his ass was on fire. <laughs>
2: so, yeah. He, there's that. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> but the match was, you know, built, obviously, like any Infernal match, it was built around uh, avoiding the flames. They had some cool spots in there. And, you know, MVP eventually had to jump out the ring because you have Kane in the ring the ring full of fire. Oh, uh, Kane pushed his ass out the ring, followed him out there, and lit him on fire, basically. So, there you go. You know, uh, pretty much attempted murder. <laughs> as we always see with Kane. <laughs> Kane has attempted people's murder on well, numerous occasions, and people. Cheer, how cheer, is him.
3: the mayor of Knoxville, <laughs> Tennessee, Jeffrey Dahmer? Basically, <laughs> you know, uh, he's, oh, he's shot
2: Shane's balls. He's, I think, I'm pretty sure he's uh, lit people on fire. We, oh, yeah, we've seen people, lit people. Kane. He lit
3: Undertaker on fire in
2: a casket. Yeah, and he's the Knoxville mayor right now. He's the mayor of Knoxville, Tennessee. Shout out to Kane, Glenn
3: Jacobs. Shout out you to Kane, this. Glenn Jacobs, for putting MVP over as well. That few kind of allowed uh, the crowd to give him some type of um, legitimacy early. Yeah,
2: absolutely. You know absolutely. what I mean? When Instead you come of- in and you're working with veterans immediately, rather than it's like, oh, they could have had him come in and work with Kennedy or come and work with somebody underneath. Exactly. Um, but they, I could see that they were trying to make him a Legitimate star by putting him in the ring with people who are already stars, and then um, after that match with Kane,
3: uh, he comes out to SmackDown. You see his back, he's all burned and scabbed up. Yo, this is where we kind <laughs> of like so. Watching this, so this is why this is how I say, like, oh, as older wrestling fans, we appreciate him more because going back, listen to that promo when he came that promo after the Inferno match, he comes on SmackDown. He he has the burn mark showing and he gives the promo. He was just like, How the fuck are y'all not cheering for me? (laughs) Honestly, I think that after that, they could have turned the face.
2: MVP has a lot of moments where they could have turned the face before they actually did later on, where I think they could have shifted the tide. But when they're still booing the guy who got burnt alive, And he's not even saying cocky shit like, yeah, I survived the fire and flames. He's just saying like, man, so I went to the doctor and I have, you know, first degree burns and, you know, it's hard for me to walk and I suffered. And they're like, boo! (laughs) So we're like... Clearly, these guys are racist. <laughs> the whole crowd's racist. You know, it's <laughs> yo, 2000... Yo, you know, they're booing MVP, and the only thing MVP
3: has really done since he since he arrived it just was be, just be confident. All he did it. was be confident. Yo, know, his character legitimately him. was just like, yo, I deserve to have this money. Like, you know what I uh-huh. mean? Like, I came in, like... Don't, don't get me wrong. If you're not confident in what you're doing, then you probably deserve to be where you're at. You mm. know what I mean? Yep, like, yep. So, MVP came in and was like, listen... They offer me money, I'm not supposed to take it? Uh huh. And I'm gonna say it every, every time here. I come out here. And they uh-huh. get, because at the end of the day, what made him such a great heel as well is that, like, he stayed with an excuse. But it was an excuse that made sense. Yeah. He was lo- he was super logical. Uh huh. I the thing about, if you see a
2: trend through MVP's career, is that, at uh, least when he's, especially his career in WWE, he's always, like, He's over super cocky, no matter what, and always making an excuse on why he lost or why something happened and why... And it just gets more heat. And the thing about MVP is he's not only saying lines that are true and legitimate, is that he can deliver them, too. So, and that's what I, I have... I, I've yet to speak on his, his, his cadence. MVP has legitimately one of the best cadences I've seen on a mic f- out of many, many, many people. You know, I'm not saying... Uh, he, he can go. He can go to toe-to-toe. honestly. He can really go toe to toe on the mic with anybody. I'm not saying that he's gonna go on a whole solo. He done soliloquies, honestly for real. <laughs> so going back and watching him, I didn't realize how good he was on the, on the mic. You know, so like I'm looking, look at him talk, and I'm like, is he believable? Can I buy into it? And I, You can. Everything he says, you can buy into it, and you can buy into the fact that he believes everything he's saying. So when he comes out there with the, with the scabs and everything. He's even selling that sympathy, and I think within that sympathy, they could have turned the face, but the crowd didn't react face, and they didn't give him no sympathy whatsoever. So how do you turn somebody face when the crowd keeps booing you, you know? And they kept him as a heel, which I think MVP is great as a heel, which is fine. Um, after that, you know, he 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 did a couple matches with Kane and Undertaker and, and Ken, Kennedy. You know, they had a little little shindig for a little while um, before. We end up in five um, to Survivor Series, and at Survivor Series 2006, uh, he
3: was eliminated by I think RVD early on in that match. Yeah, re- <clears throat> excuse me, it was like a big fucking spot fest at the beginning of that. Imaga went uh, wild Samoan, no pun intended on no niggas, and uh, got himself disqualified. So MVP was the first officially pinned superstar. Of that match, mm-hmm. so um, but anytime you take a five star frog blast from Rob, I mean you kind of won, right? Yeah. So <laughs> I mean, you won what?
2: You I won getting the fire frog splash. Yeah, not nah, at least, nah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, Rob Van Dam eliminated him. You know, it's his first um, rookie career, rookie rookie year. It's all good. You know, moving on to um, Armageddon 2006. Actually the, actually, the Inferno match happened before Armageddon 2006, where he had the Inferno, you know, the, the Survivor Series match happened before the Inferno match. My bad. Uh, and uh, after, the, after the Inferno match, he's, he had a couple angles with Mr. Kennedy. Um, they could have turned the face here, like I said, but hey, they're, blue, they're booing him. So, after that, he comes back after Kane. He tries to light his ass on fire. As anybody would, if somebody lit you on fire, and he continued that feud for a little bit, he has he spun his wheels leading into Royal Rumble? And but what we really want to talk about is fast forward to WrestleMania, and WrestleMania yeah, is uh, starts a feud with him and Chris
3: Benoit. Well, it was it was um it 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 was it was a, a, it was actually there yeah was it was at the start of it.
2: No, the, the the it was the start of what the WrestleMania, the, the yeah. First match? Was it, that was the first match? Um, I'm not sure if they were the first match of the night, but what one thing I will say is that I'm not sure if Chris Brown was injured during this program or whatever. But leading into WrestleMania, MVP was legitimately facing nobodies, like nobodies, and legitimately the night before WrestleMania, MVP has a match with. <laughs> I can't even <laughs> I can't even um, express this. His name is, let me read it here on my notes. His name is Vico Badamango. Oh,
3: was it, Vico, too, was it the night before? Uh, it, was the the, it was the Smackdown before us, The Smackdown before us. He faces Vico Badamango,
2: And previously, he faced some Klaus Halgen guy from Scottish or some, someplace overseas. And what I don't like about this Vico Badamango guy is he's the Ethiopian champion. This guy comes out with a spear, uh, nappy hair. Uh, a fucking skirt or t- tree and leaves on it. And as an African myself, it was very highly offensive. It was highly, highly offensive. We don't wear that shit. We don't we're, even in Africa. <laughs> but yeah, he defeats Vico Batamango going into WrestleMania. So it's kind of, I don't know what was going on. Like I, Chris Benoit had a couple, um, when he set up the, the match, he had a couple um, segments with him. But after that, he's legitimately just fight, fighting... Guys from other countries. I guess because you know he's um, Canadian, so he's finding uh, like made up guys from other co- countries well, saying they were the champion of their, this, their country. Some guy from Honduras. This guy from, you
3: know, some this other pro- Dutch company. This program. Uh, this program was pretty much just MVP showcasing that he can carry a program. Mm-hmm. This was um, the ability f- uh, for him to sh- to show. And utilize what kind of carried his career, as we'll talk about yeah. going forward. His mouthpiece, um, him being able to, um, like you said, his cadence and conduct yeah. the promo. And whether the audience is listening or not, because I used to be one of those audience members that, like, I didn't care what somebody was saying. Mm-hmm. Like, just show me the fight or whatever the case may yeah. be. You know, he was able to have people listen to what he was saying, yeah, and
2: and get legitimate. He, and, get you, you know, legitimate. he would go
3: out there, face scrubs, uh, enhancement talent.
2: I'm, I'm sorry, I'm saying scrubs, enhancement talent. And he would, you know, destroy him and then say and then talk shit. And he li- and he he sold that match going into WrestleMania as best as he could with his mouthpiece and no Chris Benoit. I'm not sure where he was. I'm not sure if he was injured or whatever. Um, I think I've heard something in the past about him getting injured around that time. But they went to WrestleMania. Now he faces Krypton Law, and he and he get, he met he like he um gives credit to Krypton Law for mentoring him and kind of in, enhancing his in ring ability, uh, in his first career, I mean his first year. And of course it would, Crippler Law, Crippler the Crippler, he's uh well known in the Heart Foundation. I mean the Heart um, Dungeon getting trained over there. All these all those Canadian wrestlers can go. So. Chris Monroe taking him under his wing is a huge, um, it's a huge, what do you say, honor. Because he, I'm sure Chris was not taking anybody under his wing, just anybody. He actually saw something MVP. Uh, he, I, he didn't I take think- The Miz under his wing. That-
0: I'm Bob Sullivan, the new host of AARP's The Perfect Scam Podcast. And with Frank Abagnale and other top fraud experts, we're bringing you brand new episodes of America's most shocking scam stories.
1: I got an email alerting me to 22 accounts that had been opened up in my name. Scam was masterfully designed.
0: New episodes available now. Subscribe to The Perfect Scam Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. As things change, other things stay the same.
3: For sure well, I mean, mean. <laughs> I think, I think for what it was is that um, you, it's the, it's the business. Also, MVP has, as you can see, a pretty decent, as above average. You know what I mean? Extensive knowledge of the wrestling business.
0: Uh-huh.
3: You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't want even to even demean it, and you know what I mean? Say above average, but like realistically <clears throat> for someone to kind of like be out he lost some years to come into the game and um repeatedly uh-huh. be able to maneuver and shift and uh, he, he, embrace he was growing. Yeah, he, I think that
2: MVP was growing in his entire career exactly yeah. like and and this is this is a, a testament to him taking it seriously and always working hard. So him working with Chris Manoir and WrestleMania is not something small. You know, and going into this you know he's calling out saying he's better than Rick Flair, he's better than Harley Race, you know, he's better than Dusty Rhodes. You know, he's saying all this talking all this shit, getting getting heat going into the match. And then in the match, you know, he actually wrestles with Chris Monrois. He's not like he's just doing just regular shit. They actually have some grappling, you know, and every single match he has with Chris M subsequently gets better and better. Yeah. WrestleMania he didn't happen to win the United States Championship. I think with the character he had and the, what he's shown so far and the moments he's already had in his that career, point, they, should have, they should have crowned him at WrestleMania there.
3: I don't, well, no, I, don't, I wouldn't even... <clears throat> and, and this is great about... The it would have made Fortnite. them...
2: Like, like, I mean, not that it's like... we it would gave him that moment at WrestleMania. Let's I mean, we'll talk more about his other WrestleManias and why. I think they should have crowned him here.
3: That's true, and I think that at, in hindsight... Uh, as Chris Benoit is bit be- with his hand raised and it was like Chris Benoit with another Wrestlemania moment I feel like that he didn't which he already had which he already had true so I I feel you with that like mm-hmm. I can see like here it is uh-huh. the either- and if he was legitimately
2: injured or something was up with him give it to somebody who's actually been around and been um, you know uh, There, you know. Well, my, he he eventually did drop he, it. He eventually did drop it. He he faced Chris Brown at Backlash. After that, he ended up losing that again. You know, they're wearing the same gear. You know, you saw, saw that they were wearing the yo, same gear from but, WrestleMania. Yo,
3: but my, th- uh, I, I I think it would that match would have been the the match at WrestleMania. He, a he mean, went to the roll roll up. Yeah, if, that's when he won with a roll up. If they would have made that match longer, no, he won with the headbutt at WrestleMania. At, at WrestleMania,
2: he hit with the headbutt, and but then, then the Backlash, backlash he
3: won the roll, roll, with a yeah. roll up. So I was like, man, if they would have, if they would have made that match a hair bit longer, um, at WrestleMania, it would have mattered so much more at Backlash when MVP lost, um. And when he lost again at Backlash, that two out of three falls match that they had, uh, w- when he finally won it, would have also meant something. Yeah. Because as I, as we went back and watched it, it they main evented the show, matter yeah, of fact. Yeah, it yeah. was uh, uh, Night of Champions, matter yeah. of fact. Uh, ven- vengeance. Vengeance, vengeance. Actually, yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry. Judgment Day, Judgment Day. Judgment you know, so. Day. I'm sorry. All these
2: names are all. Oh man, they just
3: run together, man. <laughs> judgment Day, Judgment Day was his first when first yeah, title they crowned, him, there, crowned him, there. him at Judgment Day. He main evented Edge and Bat- what was it Edge and Batista that went before them and the and that and that and that, that show like that uh-huh. was crazy. Yo. Like. To see, like as CT searching to watch, um, did they um, really? Yo, did they really main event that? Much? Yeah, he, yo, you're on the WWE Network. Shout out WWE dot mm-hmm. um, It's the fifth year anniversary today. Is the fifth year anniversary of the WWE Network. Um, I was one of the first 100 subscribers I know because I think I still have the email. Yeah,
2: I was I was one of the first <laughs> ones. So I, I, I believe.
3: I'm not sure if I was 100, but I was one of the early ones. Um, so, they, they did, they did main event that show, uh, because you were searching on the WWE Network. Yeah, I didn't they, go to the end. On, yeah, you did go to, bro, it's no, it's nothing, it, it was no other, it was, uh, well,
2: uh. Nope, I didn't go to the end. John, yeah, John Cena and Great Khali. Damn! The, yeah. So, just to be accurate, guys, uh, yeah, it was actually John
3: Cena and Great Khali. Well, okay, which, if the, if, it, if it's that match... <laughs> Then big man, yes. <laughs> Chris Benoit, MVP, it event that they believe, dog. <laughs> I mean, let's oh, keep it real. Sorry, oh, Greg Khalid. I mean, there I is. I love Khalid, but, like, Bruh. Uh, I can't, like, really Cena say it. Cena beat him by submission. Do you believe that? Yeah, I do believe that. I'm <laughs> sorry, okay,
2: yeah, <that's> Cena.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, so, yeah, moving
2: on. Moving uh, yeah, on he won so... that championship. He got crowned. And I'm going to say that um, for a rookie year, it wasn't bad. MVP's rookie year, I'm not saying he's, like, top 10 of all time. Maybe. I don't know. But I, he, he got the United States Championship within his rookie year. I he had an
3: Inferno match with Kane. I would put him as, I would put it as top 10. Great program with Chris
2: Brown. Chris um, Chris You know, so
3: I great will, rookie year. I would put it as top 10. And the reason why I put it as top 10 is because as he wins that United States Championship, he then becomes the longest then reigning United States well, champion Yeah and over that, yeah, over that year, span of time. Over man. that
2: span of time. He was United States Champion the entire yeah. And,
3: and when when they make that when they make that uh decision to like crown him, they probably have an idea like, okay, we're gonna give him a little bit and see where we go. Yeah. And yeah. then when he has it they're like, okay, let's give him a little well, more there,
2: room. Well a lot happened, you know, when he had it. Um I know that uh, well, we'll talk about first how what what happened after he had it, you know. So May twenty fifth uh, on SmackDown, he comes out in a convertible Mustang. He cuts a promo about how they, you know, about how people just doubted him, you know, and now they're having a no choice because he's the MVP of SmackDown. The title was gave him a, gave him legitimacy. So we've been talking all this shit the entire time. That title, I think, gave MVP legitimacy, the character, the title. And he has a, a legitimate a legitimate spot as a as a newbie. He he paid off. That shows they gave him the ball, and now he's running with it. You know, let's fast forward. to Avengers Night of Champions. Uh, he stole a win against Ric Flair. Uh, that kind of that, just, that match kind of just got thrown up and just just random. So say they, didn't, that. they
3: didn't really do nothing with him. He wrestled Rick, immediately. He wrestled Ric Flair. Like so again. when we're talking about rookie years. Mm-hmm. That's cool. That's me. you know what I mean. Like. You, you you get caught up to the big... It's like playing baseball. You get caught up to the big leagues and, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. like, you're on a winning team and then you're you're in a batter's box and the picture you're looking at is like Roger Clemens or some shit yeah. like that. You're like, ah, this is a moment.
2: Yeah.
3: It's a moment. Exactly, And then you who, go over. Within his
2: first year, he's fought Kane, oh, yeah. Undertaker, Chris Benoit, Ric Flair, all bona fide Hall of Famers. Um, uh, well, uh, you know, redacted. redacted is not. Rest in peace with Chris Benoit. We're not going to get into that conversation <laughs> right now. Um, yeah, so, um, but yeah, you know, they're all bona fide legends. Legends, yes, sure. so, and yeah, for sure. And he held his own. He held his own. Yeah. He held his own. He um, went over Rude Flair. Uh, he went over Chris Benoit eventually after, you know, two, but he did do it in two falls when he went over Chris Benoit, which is good. He paid his dues. I and mean, he actually did everything they told him to do, and he got the ball.
3: Now, when you, know? you said, you mentioned earlier, you was like MVP's first debut feud with Kane was something memorable. But I think his next feud is the most memorable yeah, thing absolutely. He, that he's had. So he's United States champion at this time. Uh-huh. Um, In between, I want to just say,
2: he's okay, he, he's United States champion at this time. He fought Ric Flair. You know, he stole that win. And then he... Goes and does a lot of matches with people like Batista, um, which I want to tell a story that he told. And he says that Batista had a match with him on SmackDown. And Batista went over. And then the next week, Batista had a match with him again on SmackDown. And they're like, what? They're doing this match again? Like, like Batista's like, I don't need this. Like, it's going to hurt. Like, you, you don't. And, you know, if I go over, like, it's not helping me. Like, why do you have me going over again the second week on you? It makes no sense. So Batista, you know, took him. And he's like, "Also, oh, all good. You know, I'm in the main event with you on SmackDown. It's all good. Batista took MVP into the Vince's office and said, hey, Vince, we can't do this again. You know, he's somebody we can do something with. I'm going to go under tonight. We're going to have me out, And then they came up with the way that he beat um, Batista was running in and sliding in under the ropes at the last minute for a count-out victory. And that shows the character of Batista, of noticing somebody that has potential and trying to bring them along cuz he cuz he sees something and and they seem to be good friends from MVP's um from MVP's interviews that I watched
3: so that's a great story that he told yeah i mean and it actually uh it rubs off on MVP because we see that you know not to get ahead of ourselves mm-hmm. Later on in his career with mm-hmm. Um, you know, just bringing along yeah people and,
2: with Chris. Just Mo- for other people, what Chris Mois and Batista did for him, exactly, you know, And exactly. Kane, Undertaker, you know. So he, he he he's a he's a real he's an OG, you know. And sure. he's an who, OG like,
3: who's
2: from the business. He he understands the business. He's exactly. like old school. So I respect that, you know. But, yeah, let's go into the biggest feud he had in WWE, which most people remember him for, and that is, of course, his feud with Matt Hardy. Um, I know that there was a a moment with him in Stone Cold, like guess SummerSlam, where they had the beer contest. Yeah,
3: yeah. With that said,
2: I'm going to crack it with my beer. Come on. You know, and... um, Damn, my shit's already done. But, you know, MVP's a complete... He's he's, he's an athlete, so him having that competition... Kept it in line with his character. And with that competition brought about this spontaneous feud he had with Matt Hardy. It seemed like him and Matt Hardy had some real chemistry with this feud. And we're yeah. going to talk about this for a little bit. Because this...
3: <laughs> wonderful! <laughs> yeah! <Delete.
2: laughs> I'm not going to do the hand gesture because it looks like a Hitler's I
3: mean, Hitler hand
2: gesture.
3: Oh, uh, sh- <laughs> But, his, but um, his feud with Matt Hardy was, um, it was... It was all about who's better. It was Him new. saying he's better than Matt Hardy. It was new. Mm-hmm. It was fun. It was innovative. It um, Again, it it tied into the new generation. Yeah. They had arm wrestling contests, big wrestling Shootout. contests, shootouts. P- push-ups. Uh, push-up contests, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and what's so crazy about this feud is that
2: during this feud, MVP gets diagnosed with a, a heart condition. You know, I have it here as a uh, Wolf Parkinson's uh, White Wolf Parkinson's White Syndrome, which apparently speeds up his heart rate very, very fast. I'm not going to say it beat per minute because I'm not going to misquote myself. You know, but um, yeah, you know, it was it was a great it was a great feud. But he went down and they were taking it easy on him. But he came back like within a couple of weeks and. After he came back, I suspect that they put him in this tag team with Matt Hardy rather than do a singles, you know, feud. Which, this is... I mean, look, look at my notes. This is uh, around fall time. This is around the fall time. And this feud lasts all the way to WrestleMania. And with him having injuries... Or not injuries, with him having his heart condition, I'm sure they want to take it easy on him. They put him in a tag team with Matt Hardy. And they win the tag team titles... Um,
3: they beat Deuce and Dallas, Remember them? Uh, I do, but I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, uh, they were also in a. But he also, yeah, had uh, the, boxing Matt, the boxing match. Matt Hardy, he, um, they were in Madison Square. I believe it was Madison Square Garden. Um, and yeah,
2: MVP, no, not and, MVP. MVP, chose
3: Evander Holyfield
2: as his surrogate because of the heart condition. Exactly, and he was supposed to box him. um Matt Hardy, so he chose Vayner Holyfield. Holyfield gets um, faces Matt Hardy in a legit boxing match it seems like because Matt Hardy gets rocked out out getting, just getting Hardy. rocked the entire boxing match go back and check that out uh, so Matt Hardy gets to say I boxed Evander Holyfield in Madison Garden on Saturday Night Main Event like who, who Matt Hardy never thought in a million years probably that he would be in the ring with Evander Holyfield and shout
3: out to Matt Hardy um, and shout For out to, taking that, and to MB, again. And shout out to again. Because he takes a right hook too. He takes the right hook from Evander. And like, that's a moment. That's a spot. Mm-hmm. And you're, again, performing at the highest level with one of the... Evander Holyfield was just at Ric Flair's 70th birthday party. Bruh. Yo,
2: everybody was there. Bro,
3: everybody. Mike Ryan from the Dan Levertage, he's a producer on the show, was there. Like, look yeah, We should have been there. Bro. God. I mean... Next year. Come on. Come on, Rick. I, I know. I mean, Kyra, you got to hire black people as ask Conrad yo, first you are an inspiration. before you start bringing no, black people around right. Ric Flair. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yo, come on. Vanden Heuvel? Oh, man. Fucking Todd Gurley.
3: Uh, Todd! bro, Why is Todd Gurley Why even being pretty really funny? Then? And I'm not... All right, let's go on. Let's go on. No, I mean, and as I bring off, if I, as I rattle two black people's names and then Booker T, and, you know, I'm like, oh, Conrad didn't invite black people, just not us, because we're not that famous. <laughs> <laughs> That's keeping it real. Keep it real. Um, but, yeah,
2: moving on, um, MVP keeps stalling on this United States Championship match with Matt Hardy, Tell him, you know what? It's all good, you know. Let's, you know, we should go go get the tag team titles, you know. No, he didn't. He didn't say, that. He 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 said, he say he said He did He said I can
3: win the tag team titles he with went anybody. In there, he went in there as MVP said. MVP always used to say, "I'm gonna be world heavyweight champion. I'm gonna be world heavyweight champion. I'm gonna be world heavyweight champion." Actually, that is the actual narrative throughout this whole episode and show of mm-hmm. MVP. How he was always almost there, mm-hmm. but never quite could get there because of, you know, I don't really think Vince would have put the rocket on him with this condition. And then, you know, talking about... I TV, wonder it, if that gave him a stigma and... The knee injury took him out of mm-hmm. his position there. So, like, he just, he could, he could just never get there, but he wanted it.
2: Yeah, exactly. And, and, he, didn't have it, it. and he
3: had to do, to do it, it,
2: it, it just wasn't... It wasn't in, in his cards, you know, so, which is fine because he did so many great things and he is a, he, he, he put a lot of people in great places So he with, with
3: his career. So he is United States champion. He's in Teddy Long's office. Mm-hmm. He goes in there and is like, yo, I'm gonna wanna, I want to win every title you got here, every championship you got here. And Teddy was like, he was like, you know, and, and MVP was like, I can win a tag team titles with well, the next person that walked through that door and the next person that yeah. walked through the door was Matt Hardy and like, Obviously they're feuding, and it's like it's the it's a budding yeah. pairing of Matt Hardy and MVP. Um, they won the tag team titles, making MVP a double champion. Yeah, uh, which again just adds on to the accolades, like you said, of his first year. Absolutely. And it's it's dope to see. Like it gives him. That it gives him that push, it gives mm-hmm. him that. That, um, uh, I'm gonna use legitimacy throughout this mm-hmm. whole episode, because even within winning the tag titles, like the way it happened was pretty cool. Like, you know, the, it's
2: very creative. Matt Hardy hits a twist of fate. Well, after slapping MVP in the face, so that's a tag. It's yeah. a tag. Um, Matt Hardy hits a twist of fate and comes in, tosses his ass out the ring, gets the pin, you know, even within that. The cocky, the arrogant, the brashness of him—he's holding the two titles and his United States title belt—and he goes off with them, takes them, to, takes them with him. It, it's great writing. It's great character building. It's great um, at the moment, and that's why we remember this because the animosity between them—it seemed believable. It seemed yeah. like, and it was a creative way to tell a story that led throughout the like the rest of the year into WrestleMania. Uh, Matt Hardy. And MVP also, you know, with all the antics they had with the shootouts and whatnot, it seemed like they were having fun. Yo, above all else, it seemed like they were having
3: fun. Speaking of the shootout, MVP, come on, fam, (laughs) for that dunk was a barely, but that shot you made, fire, fire.
2: But what was the first thing he did?
3: The first, I mean, missed missed layup. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then, but he played it off, you know. But it was also the draw heat, though, because I think. I don't think he necessarily missed it on accident. I think he missed it on purpose.
2: I think he could have. He's that good that I wouldn't be, put, it, put, it, put it past him to miss it on purpose, get the heat and everybody laughing mm-hmm. at him. And then he hits the dog, and then he hits the shot, the, um, the jumper,
3: from uh, far out. What sets up the title match with uh, Deuce and Domino, as you said, Deuce yeah. and Domino was champion at the time. They came out to attack Matt Hardy and... Uh, MVP led mm-hmm. to a title match that next week, I believe. Excuse me, they won the tag team titles, like we said, making them a double champion. Mm-hmm. Matt Hardy still wanted that fucking United States title, fam. I mean, he still had it. He still had it. He still rocked
2: with it. Uh, he's a double champion. Yeah, he's he's a half tag team champion. You know, half man, half meaning. I have amazing. Only man with three halves. That's what he said. You know, uh, so. Moving on, he's still dodging Matt Hardy, but saying he's better than him. The entire time, he's still dodging Matt Hardy, saying he's better than him. He puts him in, he's like, you know, Matt Hardy's saying, hey, I want that United States Championship, Then I can be double champion, you know, just give me a shot. And he's like, you know, I would, but yeah, you know, I scheduled us in a tag team to defend our tag team titles. You know, we got to work together, man. You know, just being real... (laughs) Manipulative, and then like you know, he'll another week Matt be like, I need a title. He's like, you know, but I scheduled you in a match because I know you need that warm up for our match later on. It was great. It was great work. Um, unfortunately, Matt goes down with an injury, um, and but they they wrote into the storyline. of You know, fortunately, MVP took him out and had a real good beat down, which I think is the first real He that he should have got like like he's the first time he's done something that's really heel like he's done other things like cheating to win mm-hmm. but that makes within character like yo he's you know you know you know if you're not cheating you're not you're not trying yeah you know so some people will say and within his character his character would do that so he's just being a confident guy brash arrogant cocky this attack on Matt Hardy where he takes him out is the first action that I see of him being doing some legitimate heel work he's him with a knee breaker on still stairs. Matt Hardy, people are crying in the audience. Like, legit, was it was that bad of a beatdown. People are crying in the audience. Uh, so he did what he what he came to do, you know. And with Matt being written oh, off, yeah. um, he walked around. That's after, after, after he lost the title, right? He lost it to the Miz yeah, and
3: Morrison. Yeah, they lost to Miz and Morrison. Mm-hmm. Miz, and that was something we did in our Miz character spotlight. We shouted out because mm-hmm. this was actually Miz. I think Miz's first.
2: Yeah, that was his first title. So So if you want to go, you can go check out our character spot on the Miz. We talk about this exact match. You know, uh, the the the
3: Miz and Morrison worked Matt Hardy's knee, and MVP finished him off exactly. (laughs) And that's how they worked. And that's how um, they got rid of Matt Hardy. That's how MVP was able to still keep that United States Championship. Mm -hmm. Um, He was, I mean. He, he he had a couple of shirt feuds with uh, Rey Mysterio and Ric Flair. Mm-hmm. Uh, he competed in the Elimination Chamber yeah, that's right, right yeah. for the world title. Mm-hmm. Um, he got eliminated uh, after what was there, it? a huge chokeslam from Undertaker. Yo, Taker chokeslammed my man off the pot. And that's why, uh, shout out to CT, man. He put in a lot of research and extensive time. And when you go back and watch the stuff on the WWE Network and you go back and see some of the things like MVP taking the choke slam off the pot or um, MVP having matches with Batista, like you said, yeah. or um, we going back and seeing um, MVP and three Money in the Bank ladder matches yeah. and three consecutive WrestleManias. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's. And he's a, he's highlighted, he's highlighted, yeah, he's highlighted. He's, he, and he's having some spots. Uh, shout I out! I mean, he became a token blackie in that match, though. But <laughs> then <laughs> within the, the, the
2: Money Bank match, yes, he he wasn't the token one. He there was there was a it couple. Was there was a couple tokens. It ones. was the four yeah, black but, horses. But he got
3: Kofi, spots. He got F.E.B., Shelton, Kofi, Mark Henry. Yeah, Mark, oh Mark Henry. Mark yeah. Henry.
2: Always so, but Henry. before we get into that. I have a problem with the way they're booking him at this point. Like, I really do. Like, he's your United States champion. Yes, he had a heart condition. He went and got, um, you know, outpatient surgery. Came back within like a week or so. You know, give him something worthwhile that highlights your championship. You know, and putting him in a cha- Limited chamber, great. You know, he had a great spot. On Undertaker. He had a great spot where he j- fell off the, um, the, the pod, choked him up the pod, and whatnot. He was like. A guy who was a great character that they could use, but they never pivoted with him where they could make him and take him to the next level. And this is another spot. While he's like your United States champion, going into Mania, give him a single spot. You know, Give him like a one-on-one match like he had the previous year with Chris Benoit. Or give him something that can highlight him and give him some more, a storyline, real storyline.
3: But look at WrestleMania 23 and then the remain, those 24, 25, 26... There's no way. There's no. I know twenty three was a good twenty three, and we said twenty. I I said WrestleMania twenty three low key was a was a really good card, mm-hmm. but WrestleMania twenty four is Edge and Taker, I believe. Okay. Um, it's uh, um, uh, I know twenty five for sure is Taker and Shawn, and twenty six is Taker and Shawn. Those are like really. I mean, those are. That's the main event that I'm highlighting. Mm -hmm. But I'm pretty. Those are really stacked cards. Yeah, I know, I know. And I. But MVP. I mean, your your intercontinental. Here's the thing. I'm going to tell you. But your intercontinental champion is also in that match too. Though (sighs) here's the
2: thing, though he has a viable mouthpiece and character that translate. That's not. That's very rare. I'm sorry. You have a lot of people that are talented in the ring. They can't translate it to the mic and get people, and get over. MVP got himself over, and the least you can do is help him with, with, in that process and give him some matches and storylines that he can showcase that. Now, putting him in money in the big matches to do the spots he did, um, cool. If you do put him in limited shaper, you know, he's in, in there with main eventers, cool. And I'm sure something while doing that. He's humble guy, you know. He's like, hey,
1: I'm an. The- ho, 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 ho. You know, as different as everything seems this holiday season, one thing still holds true year after year. Everybody loves holiday scratch offs from the Ohio Lottery, and with tickets available from one to twenty dollars, they're the perfect gift for anyone on your list, eighteen years or older. So, stay safe this year and play it safe with your gift giving. Give scratch offs from the ho,
0: ho, ho, Ohio. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Please play responsibly.
1: Two kinds of bacon and all kinds of delicious. Say hello to Donato's new Bacon Duo pizzas. Two pizzas each with two kinds of bacon. Try the new Pepperoni Bacon Duo with pepperoni, Canadian bacon, and hardwood smoked bacon. And the Chipotle Bacon Duo with Canadian bacon and Chipotle seasoned bacon. Now, get $2 off a large bacon duo or any large pizza. Use promo code 2 Donato's. Every piece is important.
2: Main event, well, you know, and, and that's cool. But you, like you say, he wanted to be World Heavyweight Champion one day. And he looks at it as like, yeah, I'm paying my dues. However, looking back on it in hindsight, now looking back on it and watching his career, I'm like, damn, they had moments right here where they could make this guy a legit main eventer. And they stuck with the old guard. Not that, not that they shouldn't have stuck with the old guard. But they should have. They had multiple moments. They had. It's not like they had like one moment where I'm like, oh, one WrestleMania where MVP could have had a, a angle, a serious angle going into it. He had multiple WrestleManias, and we'll talk more about us subsequently mat, uh, matches this year. It's like they kind of kept him spinning his wheels. He was in a colding pattern. You know, right after WrestleMania, I think he wins his second United Universal Championship. I mean, uh, Universal United States Championship against Shelton. You know, I mean, going into it, he won. He wins it. He wins the United States Championship. Um, I think on the SmackDown before Mania, and then at Mania, he wins it. Uh, Going after that, he's United States champion. But they don't. They still don't do anything of substance with my man. You know. Uh, Backlash 2008. Uh, oh, he—he he, no, that's that was the following year. I'm talking about this is this prep period. Sorry, guys, I jumped ahead too far. Backlash 2008. He uh, faced Matt Hardy. He defended against Matt Hardy because Matt Hardy, in the Money in Bank match, came back, returned. The crowd goes wild. He returned from his Crystal, knee injury, which twist, was really uh, ruptured. Yeah, appendage uh, or something. Twist the fade off the ladder. Twist the fade off the ladder. Great spot. And going into 2008. Um, backlash He's defending his title Against Matt Hardy Now we know They're not building This this feud Over the course of Damn near uh, uh, Three quarters of a year To not give the belt To Matt Hardy Which he deserved he was Coming back from his injury And I'm sure this This meant the world To Matt Hardy Because coming back From injuries like that You never know If you're going to get that, get that Splat
3: again But yeah, he ends up Dropping it to Matt. I apologize. WrestleMania 25 was not a great card. I just went back and looked at it. They could have did something. (laughs) They could have did something other than that shit. I can tell you that.
2: But, yeah, um, going forward, uh, yeah, they kind of keep him in a holding pattern. We fast forward to 2008. uh, He was in a scramble for the WWE Championship. And in that scramble match, we had Brian Kendrick, Jeff Hardy, Shelton Benjamin and Triple H. Uh, Jeff Hardy, Triple H, Brian Kendrick all held the title in that match. And MVP was a, was a body. You know, he had a moment there, but he didn't pull it out. Uh, fast forward to, to January 16, 2009. Uh, Triple H will be out of the Royal Rumble unless MVP, oh yeah, MVP has gone on a losing streak right after that. So yeah. he loses the United States Championship, Matt Hardy, and pretty much goes on a losing streak for 5 months and 20 and 20 matches. That lasts all the way to January 2 6, six January 16 2009 where Triple H um has an inter-altercation with who's the 30 figure? I think it was like Vicky Guerrero where if he wanted to be in the, in the Royal Rumble MVP had to win a match with Big Show. I know, convoluted. If Triple H for Triple H to get into Royal Rumble, MVP had to win a match against Big Show. They could have just made it like MVP versus Big Show. MVP, you're not going to be in a Royal Rumble. You haven't won the match in God knows how long. For you to be in a Royal Rumble, you have to win this match. But no, they have to add Triple H's whole angle in there, and Triple H has to give MVP a pep talk backstage. The entire match, he's um, you know, chasing. It's a, count, a game of cat and mouse with Big Show, but eventually he wins due to help with Triple H. He takes such a sledgehammer and
3: you know knocks out Big Show. Um, I was not paying attention to this feud at all. I'm going to keep it funky. MVP is my guy, so we can be honest. Um, I was right back around when you won the United States title the second time. Right. It was, um... SmackDown him and, 500. It was him, yeah, SmackDown 500. It was him and Shelton. Yeah, and that's if you and fast forward all, way the, to all March, the March. Yeah, again,
2: uh, that's what I was talking about earlier when he defeated Shelton the SmackDown before WrestleMania, going into an yet again another Money yeah. in the Bank match.
3: That's that's what I um, that's what I remember mm-hmm.
2: because and at that point MVP's on a winning streak. Yeah, you know, so they turned his losing streak into a winning streak. Now I have no problem with losing streak because I think within his character, he's an athlete, uh, he's a star. That's something, go, yeah. that's something within their stories that they have. They go through losing streaks. They go through losing streaks for sure. The redemption is him turning face through that. Now, he did turn face through that, but did they give him a moment? No. no. They gave him another Money in the Bank match. Why couldn't there be two great performers, Shelton Benjamin, and MVP at WrestleMania? That's what you wanted? I think that would have been better. If you if you say like all right as a competitor, but what would the story have been? The, the story could have been Shelton just talking shit about MVP. You can't Everybody's win Everybody's
3: talking shit. It's the MVP's talking shit. Shelton's talking shit. But what's the substance? The
2: substance is him saying like, listen, man, you're making you're making us look bad. You're over here losing matches like crazy, and I'm a, I'm a legit gold standard. I am here to, to to hold a championship and be and and really represent United States of America as That's a black true. man or whatever. But W wouldn't be that risky back then. They wouldn't be that risky today,
3: honestly. I mean, yeah, but for him to do what you just said and say, yo, um, you're not really about this life with this title. I need to get up above you. I think that's easy. I think that's, a di- I think that's easy for and him. And then like, a WrestleMania match. Like, yeah. And which MVP and Sean Benjamin could have killed it. Give him some time. Hell, yeah. I mean, shit. Give him a little bit of time. Just give them two. Match. Yeah. That would been fun. I mean... And we ended up, again, fast-forward seeing them to New Japan. Mm -hmm. So, it's like whoever MVP comes across, he builds a relationship that lasts. Yeah. And you only do that if you're a good man. Exactly. If 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 you
2: actually, and and you're, like, respected.
3: And and genuine.
2: Yeah. Um, So, um, he has that money to make match at WrestleMania 25. It's against Finley, Mark Henry, Kofi Kingston, Christian, CM Punk, Shelton, Kane, uh, so yeah, four four for black guys in this match, four white dudes in this match. You know, MVP and Shelton have a great exchange where Shelton jumps off the ladder, and um, MVP just power bombs him. Shelton attempts to power bomb MVP, a sunset, doing a sunset flip out, off the over the ladder but he ends up messing up a little bit. He picks him back up and pretty yo, much tosses him yo. out the ring onto the rest of the black guys, and including Tony Atlas.
3: And, yo, what was Tony Atlas doing there, man? Oh, Mark, Mark Harry? Mark Harry, yeah. Golly, he couldn't catch nobody? <laughs> oh, that's out <all> the way. <laughs> MVP took a crazy bump. Or it might have just been production that got it like that. So either or, that should have been painful and real. But yeah, MVP,
2: once again, doesn't win. You know, Punk wins it for a second time in a row. He won it last year, too. Um, and after that, he gets drafted to Raw. And for that, he was the first United States champion on Raw. Yeah. So that goes on record. He was the first United States champion to ever hold that belt on a Raw.
3: And he was, the at that time, the longest reigning champion. Yeah, he was. 343, 343 th- days. 343 days. mm mm-hmm.
2: I mean, it wasn't this reign, but it was a previous reign. But yes, he was a, still the longest reigning United States champion,
3: um, and until Dean Ambrose broke it just now. Yeah, he, he broke it with the last past, past couple of years, like four years, four ago. four years he, ago. Yeah. Like
2: yeah, So yeah, that's a long time for MVP, and he's still he's still up there. You know, he's like one or two uh, right now, one, two, or three. He's he's up there as the, one of the longest reigns. He's so he's in the record books, and with him being the first United States champion on Raw. Once again, they could have done more with him. It's like another trend. But as MVP said in one of his interviews that I watched, he said Raw was the place SmackDown stars went to die. You know, they yeah, that's what he said. He was like, Kennedy went there. They didn't do shit with him. Uh, you know, people would go there and they would not do much with him. I mean, you we were, see that
3: now in real life. Like
2: that's true. We're Kevin Owens,
3: Kevin Owens, Bray Wyatt, uh-huh. like. They call people the Miz. That's why. Thank God, the Miz, the Miz actually back. did pretty
2: good on Raw last year. He was in a mania match with uh, Finn and Seth. But he's one of he's one he's not he's an outlier. He's not the he's a, he's not the rule. When people he go, he's right. People when people go to Smack t- from SmackDown on Raw, if you aren't one of the people that are in their eating at their table that, that are you know one of the main players that they see that they can push, you're not doing much. So essentially on Raw, he had a, he had a pretty cool run with Mark Henry in Powerballing. Powerballing, <laughs> you know they formed Powerball and, um Before that, he beat Jack Swagger at Summer. Jack Swagger at SummerSlam in a, you know, a match that they had. Uh, so then at the Royal Rumble, the, the following year he loses to the Miz in a match that was decent, you know. And going into this match is when the first time I'm seeing MVP get back into the, you know, title scene, the United States title scene. And what's different about this feud with the Miz? They use his backstory a lot in this, as him going through uh, the, you know, what he's went through in his life. He, if you don't know about MVP, he has been to prison. He was there for he did a dime, like ten years, and they use that in this feud with the Miz, which him and Miz are polar opposites. I mean, super you know?
3: polar opposite. What makes that and made it money, yeah, on TV, yeah. It made it money on TV because the way MVP had to defend itself yeah, against the Papa's Miz, made it like dope to watch. Exactly. Um, they're complete polar opposites, Miz.
2: You know, MVP saying that Miz, you don't come from the same world I come from. It's substance behind behind the storyline. So right here, they could have done something with this with, the, with this face MVP and put and put the title on him here. But I see they're doing something with Miz, so I'm not gonna kill him for that. But at the same time, MVP looked Jack at this point. I'm not sure if he was even like in the gym more, but he was swole. So he had the physique. He was getting better and better in the ring, you know. As he as he um, he improved, he had a great match with the Miz on the Royal Rumble. Go back and watch it. Um, Miz busts himself open with a headbutt. <laughs> he hits MVP with a headbutt and busts himself open. It's the funniest thing I've ever seen. Wait,
3: wasn't um, um wasn't the Big Show his? Yeah, he was still he was a miss Show. So the Big Show was The Miz Show was also Jared's show where MVP and Mark Henry ball and had a few them, with them previously, yeah. So Big Show was just always goddamn around, man.
2: Big show's around everybody's career. Big show has touched pretty much everybody around like
3: come on, Big Show's big show. He's been turning face heel and doesn't matter. So it's not a surprise. So yeah, every uh MVP Miz had a really good match. Um, should go see it like CT said, mm-hmm. but after he I challenges him again at Elimination Chamber. Just mm-hmm. let's say that real quick. He challenges Miz again at Elimination Chamber. He loses that to,
2: um, oh, that's and that's the one where Miz busts himself up in the first match at WrestleMania. I mean, at Royal Rumble, uh, is where the feud started, where he uh, is attacked by the Miz and Liz, he eliminates himself and the Miz in the Miz and Royal Rumble. So he pretty much they're, they're legit having like a blood feud at this point you know like he eliminates himself he, they're, they're just brawling and he he's still disrespected and going into uh, Elimination Chamber that's when uh, he loses that match with The Miz uh, where he defa- um, goes off the title Miz busts himself open Henry crashes through the barricade in that match and Big Show hits MVP with the knockout punch so Miz wins by
3: nefarious means and, and MVP wasn't taking a lot of clean losses, not too many times. I mean, when he did, he did. But, like, when they needed him to get over as a baby, they made sure he did. And yeah. for the crowd to hate him in 06, by the time where he is in 09, where he's able to do the ball and, and everybody's cheering for it now, yeah. like, that's a great, that was a dope turnaround when you mm-hmm. talk about character um Absolutely. Character growth. Yeah, there you go. So, you,
2: so he, he shows that. That character even translated to a face and um, people people che- cheered. You know, it wasn't just like um. It w- I mean, it was a gimmick, but you guys, if you could have done when you have that, at least some people cheering for something that you say and they, they get it and they get you. And people are cheering for you. All you need now is some substance behind this character to go. But instead of giving him more substance, they put him in another money to big match because we all know that if you're Kane, I mean not Kane, if you're Even Kane, like, you know, Kofi, Shelton, and Miz, I mean, MVP, wrestled in three consecutive uh, money to matches. And MVP, I mean, not MVP, um, Mark Henry was in one of them, too, previous year. But Kofi, Shelton, and MVP, they got to throw those minorities in there, you know, (laughs) and not give them a spot. They couldn't give them a spot, like, even if they deserved it, you know, either any one of them could have... Solo matches at WrestleMania, because you know, not that they don't didn't do great things in a a Money
3: Make match, but consecutive years, back to back to back to back to back. I mean, but now when you look at it, man, I mean, that's the easiest way you can get a guy's a payday. No, I'm glad they got a payday because they and they they earned it. You know, that's why they got
2: it, and they're on the main cards. You know, however, when you when I go back and look at MVP's career. And I see the potential that he had. I'm like, damn, yo, they could have done something with them. And, and I'm sure he hears it all the time, like, you should have been world champion. And I'm sure he's perfectly fine with what his career was. So it's not a knock on it, but creatively, when I go back and watch it, I'm like, oh, man, they, they kind of missed, missed the ball. Missed the
3: ball with that one, yeah. yeah. Well,
2: like, you know, they, At first, he, like I said, his career is very top-heavy. like He had a lot of great stuff happen with the Inferno match. Uh, you know he was in the elimination chamber. He was facing Kane, Undertaker. He had the Matt Hardy feud. But then he started spinning Matches his wheels. With Batista, with Batista, and whatnot. The main event, Ric Flair. But then over time, it's like he because it kind of dwindled, and he you know become one of the guys. You know it seems like he was just one of the guys that were was a great worker and a great talent. But moving forward, uh, in that he returned to SmackDown April thirtieth. Uh, interrupting the Straight A Society, uh, he tagged with Ray to defeat them. Um, to beat Punk and Gallows and Straight A Society.
3: Bullica, six one nine.
2: You know, <laughs> he, hits, he hits him with uh, the Gallows with the three hundred five. I'm not sure if that's when he debuted the three hundred five, mm. but obviously him being Mister Three Hundred Five from uh, Miami, Miami, you Liberty know, City. Liberty City. Uh, that was he had the chain. He had the MVP chain, but he was the paid Which I think is a great shift in finisher because I never liked the playmaker.
3: Um, Uh, Yeah, the playmaker. It takes too much time. It doesn't make sense. Uh, The person's not doing Mm -hmm. nothing but landing on the back of your knee. Mm -hmm. I didn't get it. I didn't get it either.
2: Uh, If anything, that boot should have been his finisher, which he did start to use in TNA as the finisher. But that boot should have been his finisher from jump. That boot in the corner he does. It was vicious. The the jacuzzi kick. Yeah, it's explosive moves. It completely uh, should have been his finish from jump. If, from my, in my opinion, my humble opinion. But June 1st, MVP announced uh, as a mentor for Percy Watson. Percy finished fifth overall in Shout NXT. out Percy, NXT. Shout out Percy Watson. Um, I didn't go back and watch his uh, run in NXT, but I'm sure MVP was very helpful to him uh, and, and mentored him because as he does his entire career, we'll talk more about that later. Uh, November 5th, SmackDown. He was in a triple threat for the for the number contendership for the Intercontinental title against Drew McIntyre and Cody Rhodes, where Cody Rhodes and Drew McIntyre were in a kind of a feud where they were the tag tag, team. The chosen, what was it? The
3: there were something Mm -hmm. the 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 dashing ones. I think they were. Yeah, and in this match, he's a
2: veteran, as you can see. he wins the match because, you know, Cody and Drew were feuding with each other. Uh, next week, he competes for an Intercontinental Championship against Dolph Ziggler. And he loses when the referee misses his foot on the rope. So, he, like you said, he was losing not clean. You know, when he lost, he didn't lose clean, just flat out. Because they know they have something with this guy. You know, they're not going to just have Dolph Ziggler just go over him clean. But after that, um, I'm not I'm not sure if that, that wasn't his last match of the day, But if you want to fast forward... Let's talk about his New Japan um, stint. MVP ends up asking for his release around this time, yeah. and WWE grants it. I think John Laurinaitis was like, "Yo, you know, hey, go do your thing." John Laurinaitis gets it. You know, he he, he wrestled in Japan. Um, he's, MVP said that wrestling in WWE was his goal, but wrestling in Japan uh, was his dream. So he wanted okay. to go fulfill his dream. And not everybody is going. He turned away. He turned from a lot of money. You know, he had another contract coming up. He turned away a lot of money to go perform d- his dream, and he seems like a guy who's always going to chase his dream rather
3: than the money, whatever he wants to do. Yeah, you he know? Go- he's going to do what he wants to do. Yeah. He's going to do what he wants to do. And um, this was very important and um, influential for a character because this is now you're on your own. This is without the machine. Mm-hmm. This is without the support in a whole foreign country. In a a foreign country, but he adapted himself really well. Um, Mm -hmm. And over that course in time, he became the first ever IWGP Intercontinental Champion. Yep, a championship that is revered as one of the greatest championships in professional wrestling history. It is the. I mean, obviously, it is the Japan's intercontinental title. Yeah, everybody. The, inaugural one, the and... who's who have won it, and he's the inaugural one. No
2: matter what, you he say, starts out that history. Yeah, no matter what, he has. He's in the history books once again as the inaugural IWGP intercontinental champion, the first one ever. And shout out to New Japan for giving him the title. Uh, having a a gaijin come and not just any gaijin, but a yeah. black man gaijin come yeah. in with the and, they, and seeing the potential in him right away and giving him the track, having him go over guys like Okada and Shinsuke, and uh, they even had matches where he tapped out Tanahashi. So go back and check out New Japan stuff.
3: He beat Machine, Gun Anderson. <laughs> you, know you know what I mean? he, like, he, he had
2: a great time over there. I, I see that you know he he always wanted to be in New Japan, and you know he. Looked at Chris Maw as a mentor, so Chris Maw would always tell him, you know, yeah, New Japan. I mean, Japan, Japanese wrestling is where it's at, and he's always been a fan, and he always loved the shoot style of wrestling. So I'm, I know he must have living his dream must have been huge for him to embracing. go over there and and to be actually not just live the dream, but be accepted and um, appreciated and saying, hey, you know, your work is seen. Here's a come, here, here goes the um, our first international champion championship. And he was in New Japan before it was cool. Like, he yeah. was in New Japan before, way before, it, before it was the Bullet Club. To be there. Yeah,
3: you know? And my thing is, too, also, MVP was able to transform and translate that character in front of a whole new, brand new audience. Yeah. And a brand new continent. A right? brand new culture. And have it translate. So, what more can you say about that, you know, New Japan? Um, as we said, fast forward to TNA. As he said, yeah, fast forward to TNA. Yo, but he beat Okada. He beat Tezitsu Naito. He beat, I mean, uh, um, shit, I'm sorry. He wrestled Masaka Tanaka? Yo, uh-huh. shout out to Yo Tanaka's been around a long time. <laughs> Smash, yeah, in the
2: head, Yo, know. he uh, then he had that like classic match with Ric Flair, Tanaka. Yeah, he's in
3: the WWE Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah. He, yo, he, he faced fucking Japanese legends. Yeah, he lost the title. Living legend, Tanaka. Uh-huh. He lost the he lost the title. And he oh, okay, he lost it to Styles. Yeah, he was the champion for 148 days. Huh? Decent reign, man, man. Yeah, pretty decent reign. Yeah. And he wrestled in. Uh, I, that's what I wanted to say he wrestled in a in a in a Russell Kingdom and a WrestleMania. How many people can say that? I, you know, you know. That's I, I think it's just him and Jericho. Him,
2: Jericho, AJ Styles. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. Oh, Finn, Finn Balor, yeah. Finn Balor, come
3: on. Goddamn, that's a lot. Okay, well, why would you set me up like that? I didn't say yeah, you set yeah. you yourself up. No, okay, yeah, you're right. I was sleeping. Okay. <laughs> so let's move on to TNA. Yeah. And um, this was his most, what you would consider his most... Um, Impactful stuff outside of WWE too, as far as the embracing of the man and the uh, the progression of the character. Goals. Absolutely, man, um, and him evolving as a not only
2: a a artist in the ring and an artist of professional wrestling, but a mentoring role himself, where he he touches the careers of so many different. Um, People on TNA, it helps them get over it, in a way. You know, when he came in, he was re- revealed as a secret investor. You know, he was Dixie's rival in the sense uh, there was like the kind of kind of feud going on for the ownership of the company. Uh, he wins a match up, legal like later lockdown with Bully Ray helping his team go over, and he owns. He becomes the actual director of operations for all of TNA. This leads to May eighth, where he turns on Eric Young. Uh, which was
3: you know it was his heel Eric fucking Young, which was his <laughs> heel turn, Yeah. which I think is where he he fits at. Yeah, I think he's comfortable there. I think you know what I, I mean? think a lot there's a lot of people who are comfortable as heels.
2: He is one of the people that I can do, think can do both. But yeah, he can do both. His, his his bread is butter with his heel work. I'm not gonna front. His heel work is very good, especially his heel work in TNA. I'm gonna bro, his 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 heel work in TNA was probably his best heel work his entire career. His best work is maybe his entire career as far as character. Yeah. You know? So let's get right into it. Um he turned he turns on Eric Young, but he ends up getting injured, man. Yeah He ends up getting
3: injured. He ends up um, They were gonna put the title on him, they said. Yeah, he
2: they're gonna because Eric Young was a TNA champion. You know, he had that Mm -hmm. Daniel Bryan run, kind of, you know, that underdog, that...
0: (laughs) You know, and uh, MVP was scheduled
2: to take the title off of him. Unfortunately, he goes down to a knee injury, Uh, but like a champ, MVP sticks around, whether it's in crutches, whether it's on wheelchairs, he sticks around and forms a, uh, a stable with Kenny King and Bobby Lashley.
1: Donato's. Every piece is important.
0: The N-OLED display in the Cadillac Escalade has 38 total diagonal inches of color display. So why do we give it a curve, too? I guess you could say we like to bend the rules. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving.
2: Uh, Uh, Lashley, King. But uh, he helps put them over and get... he, He lets Bobby Lashley take his place in the match. And they helped Bobby Lashley win the match. Win the
3: match, yeah. So, even in his um, injury, he is embracing the fact that his character can get somebody else over. Yep. And why not do it again with another black man and Bobby Lashley? And a black man that left WWE, too, and
2: obviously has almost a full package of what WWE would want for a black world champion and hasn't to this point had that. And with him winning the TNA Championship, MVP being a part of that, and having the reign he had with MVP at his side, I don't think Bobby Lashley has the main event run that he has later on in TNA without MVP. MVP was no, like Bobby's no, Leo Rush before Leo Rush. Yeah. You know, he was Bobby's Leo Rush before Leo He was his mouthpiece. He was his hype man. Um, and I think that Bobby grew in character with being around Kenny King and being around MVP. So when he branched off on his own, because those
3: are guys that have yeah, natural charisma.
2: Yeah, they have natural charisma. Yeah. Um and you know Kenny King learned the ropes. Uh, MVP's a mouthpiece And and I'm sure that rubs off on him. So when Bobby's turned to to take to leave the cl- leave the group. He has the tools to become a legitimate man for TNA as a heavyweight champion. Which WWE didn't, didn't do. And it's something that they could have. But he initiates um, the Beatdown Clan January 7, 2005. And this is what his claim to fame is in TNA. Now the Beatdown Clan was full, was a team of MVP as a leader. Low-key. Samoa Joe. Kenny King and Eric Young. Eric the fuck Young.
3: <laughs> Eric Young. I have no comment on that, but <laughs> I, I would say the continuity factor of having Eric Young. You mentioned Eric Young was the Owen Hart of the yo, Big Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because yo, if, you just... remember,
2: if you look back at the nation domination, and if you remember when Owen Hart was a part of. Uh, the Nation of Domination. That's what it looked like when I saw Eric Young with the Beatdown Clan, and then I likened uh, Samoa Joe to The Rock because he's Samoan too, you know. <laughs> but if you want to liken Beatdown Clan to, because you know I'm always making my parallels to things in the past. That's exactly what I thought of when I saw the Beatdown Clan. Uh, moving on. Uh, so yeah, he gets his friends. He gets to work in TNA with his friends, and as he said, his family, and with his friends and family, he went out and talked shit to all you flat
3: scans. Is that what he said? Flat, flat scans? Flat, I think they think he called them flat scans. I don't even know what MVP, that is. MVP, if you're listening, let us know what the hell a flat scan is.
2: <laughs> but uh, within this beatdown clan, the de- general vibe is that, yo, they are the Wu-Tang of TNA. They just take what they want. They- and, you know, they, they, they will say BDC ain't nothing to, mess with, and we all know what they really want to say. Yeah, I
3: mean, the that that for the most part was really like real nigga shit mm-hmm. that I feel, you know what I mean, that I really got down with. You know what I mean? Uh, Samoa Joe and Kenny King and Loki um are all guys in their own right that can get themselves over. Yeah. But MVP did something with them that allowed them that they didn't have to do so much.
2: Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, because I think without Beatdown Clan, without BDC, I mean, does Loki get the X-Division Championship? Does, yeah. which he had before, which I know Loki can get it on his own. But that gives him a little bit different of a character with that reign. Exactly, you know? exactly. Uh, and then later on, Kenny Kings gets it, you know. So uh, EY, you know, he had his matches where the Beatdown Clan had to hook him up real quick, you know. So it's it's a lot of uh, passing and helping people out in his career in TNA. He, he he did his job. And he's one guy, I can say, in TNA that left the place better. And but, Yeah. Yeah. He left the place. He, he There's a lot of people that came to TNA and really fucked shit up. And they didn't do jobs. And they didn't work with people. And he's one of the people that did. And
3: he didn't have to get the
2: title to do it either. He didn't. He didn't. You know what I mean? Yo, he, he had his reign with Bobby Lashley afterwards, which I think is... One of which, which is a great rivalry in itself because, for me watching it back, there's a lot of undertones of things that go down in the black community where he's just like where Bobby thinks he's too much, he's better than them. Because one thing I like about MVP during that pro, program, he referred to BDC as his family, and he's like, if I win it, we all win it. If I but, win the championship, we all win it. So if somebody wins a championship, we, it's, it's beat down class championship. And as black people, we you know how we feel when one of ours wins something. So that was the essence of Beatdown Clan. So even in a, even with the Beatdown Clan being a heel group, if you look at it a certain he's way, a baby face. he's a baby face. <laughs> Um But uh, Bobby Wednesday he leaves um, BD- BDC, and they have this feud. They beat him down in New York City. Uh, you know, there's, a, there's an inter- yeah, uh, no, yeah,
3: definitely dope. They uh, they're in New York City outside the Beatdown Clan beats the shit out of Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley gets saved by. Bobby Roode. Mm hmm. Yep. Um, yo, what? and AVP, yo, working with perennial stars right now in the E. Everybody. Last time. Uh, Drew Galloway. Yeah. Um, uh, Kurt Angle. Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe. Yeah, he
2: worked the Hardys uh, over there. Worked the
3: Hardys. Yes, yeah. the Hardys. Bobby Roode. Uh, Bobby Lashley. Yeah. Like, he was. He, and this was like and three, four years ago. He was a huge part that whole year. It was the, That whole run was.
2: Uh, two, was it 2005 Through 2006 He, he was he, run In TNA Oh uh, not 2005 I'm, 2014, I'm, 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 I'm,
3: I'm like, 2014 2014 2015. 2015 2014 2015 2014 2015 Alright So yeah That
2: whole run With TNA I think Gave him I mean Gave TNA A spot That Made the show Entertaining I yeah. know that Me personally I That made That sparked my eyebrows up Cause I never Really watched TNA Consistently when I saw Beatdown Clan on my TV on the on the commercials, like okay, uh, Kenny King, King MVP, Bobby Lashley, okay, is this some new new, doubt, new new like you know Nation of Domination? And it was it was something it b- was new. something different, yeah, was something different, but it had the same essence. And we never we haven't had that in wrestling for a long
3: time. It was organic, like if you need to and if you want to, um, MVP has some specific promos that um, you know. NTNA that were very, very, uh... Oh, yeah, he murdered those promos. I mean, uh... That was the word I'm looking for. Um... Uh, shit, man. It's a word I want to use, and I don't want to, like, sound too smart, so I'm just going to look for another word. But it was, like, uh... Really rejuvenating to see somebody... Yeah. Uh, speak that way. Uh, passionately. Uh... Uh, eloquently, when he wanted to discuss some things, as far yeah, eloquently, as like, he was
2: articulate, you know, it was it was just and his cadence. Like, I always talk about his cadence, his cadence in the ring. He doesn't fuck up like other people do. Like there's a lot of people that can talk in the mic, but there's rarely a time when MVP uh, just b- bumble his words. People do that all the time. We've seen plenty of great talkers do that. I, and the only time you saw him bumble his words, he was like out of frustration. One time, I
3: first, yo, when he was uh and the world tag team tag ah!
2: funniest <laughs> shit ever, man. Yeah. But yeah, um he didn't part TNA on good unfortunately. Uh, but I think he left the place better. Uh apparently he got fired from somebody else's mistake. So TNA is a complete mess in the management. We all know that. But they are not they're still around so they'll never die. Um but yeah, uh, yeah, cockroaches, you cockroaches, know, man. Yeah, cockroaches, exactly. But uh, yeah, he left his mark. That's what I'm gonna say. You know, without him, who knows if Bobby? And, I, and I'm not, you know, trying to take anything from Bobby himself. But who knows if Bobby gets that character and that that he that he then takes on to be the dominant force and, as a heel on and destroyer in TNA later on. You know, meanwhile, he's over there working with Drew Allenway, working with you know putting people over like Kenny King and Low Key, who who are great talents. So he he did his work. He came to, to TNA. He made it a better place and he made it more entertaining, and that's all you can ask for.
3: And with that, like, it also highlights the reason why we're doing this character spotlight—to mm-hmm. uh, show the unselfishness, to show the, um, to show the the generosity to the business, to also know that in order to keep this going, which it is going still. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. have to be able to have, you know, um, uh, um, st- stars that are not stars. You know what I mean? Yeah. MVP is a star that isn't a star, unfortunately. He's a star amongst, you know what I mean? I think like, that he is a star. Because if you go back in
2: time and look at the guys like come on, Ted DiBiase, right. you know, who never won the heavyweight championship on a on a major scale, but people remember him. You know, people are gonna people remember MVP, whether they, whether you, well, if you watch wrestling during that time, he stuck with you. Whether it's BDC, whether it's New Japan, whether it's WWE, he 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 made a mark. You know, he was even in MLW. You see that the crowd remembers him. Yeah. he made a mark. That's all you can ask for in wrestling business is for you to make people feel some. And from day one, MVP stepped in the door and made the audience feel some. Whether it was good, whether it was bad whether it was, you know, crying or whether it was sad, you know. He, he made them feel something, and he's a, he's a, he's a veteran, you know. Yeah, so, that's, a,
3: that's a good point, yeah, actually, to make, because um, uh, that's all people talk about in this business. All they talk about is a reaction. Mm-hmm. And no matter where MVP went, it was a legitimate reaction. Mm-hmm. It was a legitimate reaction. And if he was allowed to be a heel... That reaction was fucking pure. Mm-hmm. I can tell you that. Um, but after um, after well, um, TNA. TNA, he did some stuff in lucha. Um, he did some stuff in all pro wrestling. Um, yeah, he did he some the stuff in PCW. You know? Did some stuff in the Indies. Um, he was going around collecting those checks. I mean, money, you know? <laughs> money, money, dog. You know, and he got he had he
2: did have a, a kid recently, like two years ago. So. Um, Um, shout out to his kid and I'm sure right now he's just trying to be a father you know but if you didn't know you know MVP also worked in um, Jiu Jitsu yeah he's a purple he's a purple purple belt in
3: uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and that also was tied into like his storylines in TNA when he was saying like oh you know you know wrestling Bobby was like yo Bobby I, I, yeah, I get busy fam yeah I do I, I choke do people too. out uh-huh. I dislocate joints you know what yeah, mean? I mean exactly you know? so like so uh so shout out to him always just being involved always being um adding to him The like I said legitimacy mm-hmm. I love legitimacy in wrestling yeah for you real. know what I mean so and he's a guy who loves to shoot work so exactly yeah that's so that's, well he does right? so, um, so with that like we said he um, last time we saw him on WWE TV he Raw did 25. Raw 25 he made an appearance which was crazy because I had just worked with him at MLW I think the week <laughs> before For real? so it was like cra- it, was, it, was, it was either the week before or two weeks uh-huh. before but whatever the case may be yeah, like he was uh, playing like, with APA yeah so like it's, it was dope to see and like you said that that's that um, is a testament to his character so um, good for proving me wrong. Yeah. WWE reached out to a guy and was like, "Hey, do you want to come up to New York for a spot?" Yeah,
2: it's a pity. Come in here; we'll pay for your flight. Come here, you know, sit down, act like you're playing some polka. get a check, move on, you know. And with that said, you know, like he's he he he's, right now he's like 45 years old, you know, and I don't and expect still, him to be. I don't expect him to be back in the WWE. I think that's like his career is over. So over. I he, think
3: if. I think if anything, like I said, MVP mind is really, really good. Yeah. If anything, I would love to see MVP as an agent. I would love to see MVP I as will, an agent I too. would love to see MVP as an agent. I honestly, um, they're hiring.
2: You know, Abyss. They're hiring Sanjay Dutt and Devary and, 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 and Shane Helms. Less, um, you know, we see. You saw that he did a lot of, you know, work with people on MLW. He was a. He's. A, we all know him as OG MVP. He is the uncle, like you said, and he's a guy teaching kids and keep, and being. With that said, he took the time out.
3: Exactly. And MVP.
2: I mean, MVP in the timeout. Like I see him at afterwards. MVP. You know, after I mean, after MLW, he stuck stuck around and he chatted with the with the boys. So he's perfect, and he has a mind for business. Yes. Clearly, how to get something over, and how to get people over, and how to form a character in different ways. So, with that said. The WWE hire MVP as an agent, man. Give him, give him, give him that check.
3: Give him that check. <laughs> yeah. Give him that check. Yeah. Um <laughs> I just seen that uh, he uh, he was in ROH this year. A word? Yeah. in twenty twenty nineteen had no idea, which it says that it was his first appearance ever for Ring of Honor. Oh, word? In January. January 25th, he made his first appearance in Ring of Honor at their Road to the G1 Supercard in Houston. He debuted as a surprise partner of Kenny King. Oh, Reforming okay. Reforming the B-down clan. Oh, shit. Uh, so, that was dope. They went on to defeat Willie Mack and uh, Cole Cabana.
2: Yo, shout out to MVP. Yo, just keep collecting your checks. And shout out to Kenny King. That
3: was a dope spot. Yeah, That had to have um, been a
2: dope spot. But, yeah, keep collecting your checks in the Indies. And, you know,
3: I don't think he wants to do a, a permanent stay. Well, don't be wrestling too much, though. You know what I mean? Like, I think at some point in time, I would really like to see MVP not wrestle. If he can legit collect the check by being an agent, being a producer, you know, working for maybe an upstart company. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like wink, um, wink. You know what I mean? <laughs> it, I think he can contribute to the business other than wrestling. Yeah. And I'm not saying that because I don't, I. I you know... I hate to see performers go when it's past their go time.
2: We all seen Undertaker. We all seen it with Rick. Shawn Michaels. Say, you know, I'm well, sorry that match. Has, you know the showdown in what, Melbourne was trash. Um, sorry to shit on that match, but it was. We all know it, and you don't want to become a. Uh, a character of what you are. You know, if you're if you, I don't want I don't want to see MVP 50 years old saying, "Bull." Exactly. I don't want to see MVP exactly. years old exactly. like exactly. It's like dated old man saying this, you know, Dipset, uh, Jim yeah, Jones, Cameron shit. Um, back in the day, that, that fit for the time and the era was at, and he was at, and we don't want to see him
3: just do become that, you know. That nostalgic act, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, if you're going to collect those checks, collect those checks, sign an autograph. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so, um, but no, real, you know, to end on a positive note, we we really just wanted to just show dedication and appreciation to. The character and the development of uh, MVP um, WWE owned Montel Vontavious Porter, uh, so you yeah. was able to go ahead and make a name with MVP, which was hella fucking smart. Again, above you know, uh, that, you know, above average, mi- you know, mind like to, to be able to be like I'm a I'm a go I'm a have this I'm going to yeah. go ahead and make sure I can use this in his mind, ownership. Yeah, he understands the business, man. You know what man. I mean? So, you know, um, yeah. From, from, from,
2: the, from the tunnel entrance that Dusty Rose created till now, it seems like from what I hear and what I see, he's been a class act and he's worked hard. And that's all you can ask for in somebody for. who's in this industry. You're never promised anything. Never, you know, so... I, and he wasn't promised anything when he came to WWE. But he made a career on his own, by himself... What well, he wanted to be. Well no co He didn't no. really
3: he didn't have no cosigns. Yeah. He didn't have no cosigns. He went on there and he, he, proved he, himself. he proved himself. And 06, 07, 08 was a a sink or swim motherfucking yeah. league and, and SmackDown. And and also, you know, he was a SmackDown guy through and through. Yeah. You know what I mean? He was a SmackDown guy through and through so we just wanted to um, we just wanted to to show um, you know appreciation to you once again. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, our first ever black uh, uh, not our first ever black character because yeah, we a new day, day. day. but uh, for, for Black, black History, History Month, Month, you are our first ever Black History Month character
2: spotlight, and you deserve it because you are undervalued and underappreciated as a wrestler,
3: and we just wanted to shout you out. Uh, real quick, because, you know, give you your roses while you're still here. For sure, man. And uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, end the night and end the show with one of his most prominent and most remembered promos Uh that we remember that made us go back and be like, you know what? MVP was fucking great. Yeah. (laughs) He was fucking great. Uh And so uh, this is a promo he had. Uh and and TNA and it was it was very logical. It was it was very um pinpoint and um it was it's, it it's, it's, it was range. It, it was yeah. range. It was range from him being an arrogant ball player to him now being a a a a worldly um mm-hmm. knowledgeable person within a uh, you know, I, oh, and speaking of him being worldly, he he's, he's, a, he's a political uh, he's he's
2: politically savvy, you know. I, remember, yes. I mean, you know, when I remember when I first met him, at first I told him, "Yo, you know, me and him, you know, I'm, I'm Chris's friend. You know, we have a podcast about wrestling." The thing he said to me, he is "There's a lot more going on in the world besides wrestling." Yeah, and I
3: just he shut me down real quick. Cause <laughs> he just shut me up real quick. I was like, "Oh yeah, you're right," <laughs> which makes which makes it which makes it a little bit more dope when you're hanging around him because. Uh-huh. um you know, MVP was or is the guy that will take a ride from a kid in a bins that's barely like working uh-huh. and he trusts him to get him to his hotel room after doing show, after doing pre-tapes. And in that car ride, he's just giving that kid advice on how to just maneuver through what he's trying to maneuver through. Yeah. You know what I mean? like. And it just—it's a testim, its a testimony to like MVP's character, you know, um, and and outside. So when he says a lot more to life than wrestling, he 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 means it. Like he's a great—he's a uh, like—he's a—he's a, a comic book enthusiast uh-huh. enthusiast, and, and what's the word? Comic book enthusiast. Enthusiast. All right, come on, work with me here. Uh, <laughs> uh, he loves uh, the the movies, uh, the the Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he, he's like you said, political savvy. Yeah. Um, so if
2: you want to come on a podcast sometime, and if not talk,
3: if you don't want to talk about wrestling, we don't necessarily have to talk about wrestling. <laughs> just to let you know, you know what I mean. Um, we can definitely uh you know wrap up and talk about the world mm-hmm. and how fucked up it is <laughs> for real cuz it's fucked up my uh, man. and speaking of the world being fucked up this promo right here uh <laughs> talks about
2: the world the being world up being, up. being fucked up uh in and not so many words but it was very impactful promo on me and on you guys i'm sure you guys if you know mvp's uh, bdc run and tna you would remember this promo Uh, Very much Bear with us
1: (laughs) (laughs) We do what we want to do We take what we want to take The same way when your United States government Wanted Iraqi oil fields They just took them When they wanted Libyan oil fields, they just took them. We do that. We take gold. And you speak so badly of us. When we skirt the rules like your Congress does to make the rules work for them, when we do that, you call us thugs.
2: Said nigger. <laughs> in case you guys didn't get, <laughs> didn't get what uh,
3: the gist, the gist was. They, they beeped it out, but they beeped it out, they but, it out. but it's nigger. But it, yeah, with the it, ER, it, with the yeah, <laughs> the strong ER, strong. But um, in, in that promo, it makes a lot of sense. You know what I mean? Uh, he also had a promo with Bobby Roode. Where he says the kind of the same thing it was like, "Yo, you cheat and 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 they cheer," mm-hmm. you know what I mean. And when we do it, you know we're labeled. and I'm mm-hmm. like, "Damn, man, kept it real, kept it all the way real." And that's the
2: only way that you should do it as a uh, real African American superstar in WWE and bringing consciousness to uh, truth to power. You know what I mean? So thank you MVP for all your contributions as. Um, a African American black man in the industry, and giving us entertainment, and paving the way, and continuing that legacy that other black wrestlers have uh, laid for you, and being that that mentor role, that mentor, the in mentor, the, in the and being
3: a staple, and a staple, in and the being industry. a staple, you, a staple you, that you, has had an impact. You and Mark Henry are, are considered one of the. Uh, um, new generation of black, Q, Mark Henry, Booker T, uh-huh. you know what I mean? That new generation uh, of, of, black blacks, legends. of black legends, you know what I mean? Um, and you set the tone for Shane Strickland, Absolutely. for Cedric Alexander, for ACH, uh-huh. you know, for Leo Rush, for Ricochet, for Bobby Lashley, for, you know, for, for Kenny was- King, for all of them, you know? So they're all walking in, in your shadow. And uh so this was just our little hour and forty minute appreciation to you. So uh thank you guys for listening. Follow us, uh like we said, Reasonable Wrestling Podcast, um, on Instagram, Facebook. Uh you can also follow us on Twitter, RW Podcast1. Uh we appreciate the follows, the comments, and the likes. Peace. Peace out.